0: Hello and welcome to This Day Rocks from Vintage Rock Pod, the ultimate classic rock podcast. I'm Paul Stevenson, thanks as always for hitting play. Today is October the 9th, and we start our look back in the rock history in 1971 when the classic hit Maggie May was sitting at number one on the UK singles chart. It would eventually spend five weeks on top and was the first of his six solo number ones over here. On this day in 1973, Elvis and Priscilla Presley divorced. After being married for six years, Priscilla was awarded property, $725,000 cash and $4,200 a month in support as well. Now, a couple of years later, on this day in 1976, EMI signed the Sex Pistols to their label for £40,000. The contract was terminated just three months later, though, with EMI saying they felt unable to promote the band in view of adverse publicity that they had generated in the last few months quite. And on this day in 1981, the Rolling Stones played the first of two nights at the Los Angeles Memorial Coliseum. Now, this one stands out mainly due to the support act that night. A certain someone called Prince. He was dressed in his controversial bikini briefs and trench coat. Yep. And he ended up stopping after just 15 minutes due to the crowd booing and throwing beer cans at him. But for our main show, we remember one of the most iconic rock stars of all time, who would have been 82 years old today. Yes, born on this day in 1940 at Liverpool Maternity Hospital, to parents Julia and Alfred was John Winston Lennon. As part of one of the most influential bands the world has ever known, he, along with Sir Paul McCartney, George Harrison and Ringo Starr, created some of the greatest, most endearing, groundbreaking, boundary-pushing, culture-changing music ever created. He was, of course, murdered when he was just 40 years old, on December 8th, 1980. Now with me to share his thoughts on the man himself is Maurice Bostinsky.
2: A few years ago, Danny Boyle released his film Yesterday, a sort of extended Twilight Zone episode in which the protagonist has an accident and wakes up in a world where the Beatles as a cultural phenomenon never existed. He's the only one who knows. Well, nearly the only one. He tracks down John Lennon, who's spending his Twilight years as a hermit. For all the issues with the film... This moment came to me as a surprise as we, the audience, had lived in a world without John Lennon for nearly four decades when the film was released. John would have been 82 years old today. In the wake of his murder, he became deified. John was an imperfect person, as we all are, but he did make music that many of us consider beyond mere cultural impact. Who can say whether he would have made great music beyond 1980? Each Beatle had great moments outside their world-changing decade together. It was impossible for what they did as individuals to meet the fans' expectations, never mind their own. John's solo output is usually remembered by the wider music listening public, that is those who aren't necessarily Beatle tragics, for Give Peace a Chance, Imagine and maybe the singles off Double Fantasy. Even amongst Beatles fans, I often read of talk focusing on Plastic Ono Band and Imagine. Great albums both, but rarely read of his other work. Both of those albums had big 50th anniversary reissues, but the skeptic in me says Mind Games from 1973 won't be afforded the same attention. The album was not well received at the time and judging from what I've seen Beatle people say in the Facebook groups, it doesn't have many fans now either. My first ever Beatles book, The Beatles, an illustrated record by Roy Carr and Tony Tyler said that the album's only reason to exist was to redeem the unpleasantness of sometime in New York City. Let's not even go into what Chris the critic who hated everything, had to say. It is true that the album was far removed from the strong political stance taken on the previous record. Mind Games was recorded when Lennon was separated from Yoko Ono on his 18-month lost weekend. I think the songs were written before the separation, but they already showed that there had been problems. It's a very personal record. Lennon, all the way back to his Beatle days, never had any hesitation in writing about himself or events in his life. It's an album I love and will defend. Not all, but many of the songs on Mind Games are about his love for Yoko and I want to single out one song that I wish were more well known outside of Beatles circles. The song Asume Son which means I'm sorry in Japanese, I'm informed, is as heartfelt in the acknowledgement of wrongdoing and wanting forgiveness as you could ever want to hear. If you search out Lennon's original demo for the song, it's called Call My Name and was originally written for Imagine. That song's lyrics were more about being someone Yoko could rely on if she was down. The original song had a chorus of I'll ease your pain, all you have to do is call my name the song he ends up recording has the lyric all I had to do is call your name a throwback perhaps to his Beatles song I call your name which is more poppy but is more about complaining without the admission of guilt for being horrible purely on a musical level AC Mason has a strong sense of melancholy that drew me in the first time I heard it maybe four decades ago because really how can you not love a sad song in six eight time The secret weapon in the band is sneaky Pete Kleino, the incredible session pedal steel player who was on a ton of albums in the seventies, but I particularly love his work with the flying burrito brothers. He seemed to be more of a player, I think on rock albums, providing a country flavor than doing straight out country music. His pedal steel on AC Mason to borrow from another ex Beatle gently weeps. The solo at the end of the song is played by another great session guy, Dave Spinoza, who had played on Paul McCartney's Ram album a couple of years earlier. If Pete Kleiner's pedal steel is crying gently in the corner. Dave Spinoza's guitar by the end is bawling like crazy. I read in the Facebook groups people say that Lennon's songs on the Mind Games album are short on musical ideas. I strongly disagree and this song is exhibit A against that notion. To celebrate John Lennon's birthday, play your favourite Beatles album, sure. Play a favourite Lennon solo album if you have one. But if you're not given Mind Games a listen, give it a shot today and pay special attention to AC Mason.
0: And a big thanks to Morris Bostinski there. You can check him out on his podcasts, plural. One's called See Here and the other one's called Love That Album. Definitely give them a listen. But that's it for October the 9th. And know This Day Rocks Tomorrow as it's the big interview show. And I can tell you it's a rock and roll hall of famer from one of the biggest bands in the world of the late 60s, early 70s. But until then, take care.